Proverbs 27. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Let someone else praise you and not your own mouth, an outsider and not your own lips. Stone is heavy and sand a burden, but a fool's provocation is heavier than both. Anger is cruel and fury overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. That's a picture of Judas who kisses Jesus' feet. One who is full loathes honey from the comb, but to the hungry even what is bitter tastes sweet. Like a bird that flees its nest is anyone who flees from home. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Do not forsake your friend or a friend of your family, and do not go to your relative's house when disaster strikes you. Better a neighbor nearby than a relative far away. Be wise, my child, and bring joy to my heart, that I can answer anyone who greets me with contempt. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Take the garment of one who puts up security for a stranger. Hold it in pledge if it is done for an outsider. If anyone loudly blesses a neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. A quarrelsome wife is like the dripping of a leaky roof in a rainstorm. Restraining her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil with the hand. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Those who guard a fig tree will eat its fruit, and those who protect their masters will be honored. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. Death and destruction are never satisfied, and neither are human eyes. A crucible for silver and a furnace for gold, but people are tested by their praise. Though you grind fools in a mortar, grinding them like grain with a pestle, you will not remove their folly from them. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds, for riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. When the hay is removed and new growth appears, and the grass from the hills is gathered in, the lambs will provide you with clothing and the goats with the price of a field. You will have plenty of goat's milk to feed your family and to nourish your women servants. We'll reflect specifically on the various references to friendship, friends and friendship. People of God, we've been looking at the various themes in Proverbs, and one of those themes is friendship. The 
thinking about that, we, we don't talk about it that often. It's actually something that, that I don't think I bring in all that much. And yet, very, very vital in terms of human life and relationship. And the book of Proverbs touches on it often. So we want to consider, too, among the major themes where we need to be wise, where we need to live wisely, this area of friendship as well. And so just to reflect on it together, first of all, do, do you have good friends? Do you, do you experience that sense of friendship? Treasure those friends. Nurture those friendships. It is God's grace to you. There's a story about Jack Warner. He's the last of the five Warner brothers. He was born in Ontario. When he sold his stock in the Warner Brothers Film Corporation, you'll see on TV, Warner Brothers. When he sold his stock in the firm, he made $640 million. And so as as such a successful person then, a reporter asked him, among various things, well, how many friends do you have? And that stopped. Warner, he stopped and he, he said very sincerely, Not a single friend in the world, what he said. Very sad. Understanding, too, that he had missed so much in his pursuit of wealth and success. Very rich, but very poor. This is just one example of the truth that money is actually a poor friend. Some people say, who needs friends when you have money? But the opposite is true. You don't need a lot of money. If you have some good friends, you're okay. Some people think they can buy friends with money. But they're mistaken. Those are not friends. They are leeches, blood-sucking worms. There you go. That's what they are. They will leave you dry and dead like they did the prodigal son in Jesus' parable where the son went out and all his money was taken. There are many famous quotes about friendship. Thomas Aquinas, the theologian, says, There is nothing on this earth more to be prized than true friendship. Henry Nouwen, the author said, when we honestly ask ourselves which people in our lives mean much to us, we find that it is friends who have chosen to share our pain and touch our wounds with a warm and tender hand. The blessing of friendship. I think we can agree that everybody wants friends. And you can see it sometimes, too, with this media stuff, the Facebook People have friends, lots of friends. Still, if you ask people, there is still a real loneliness in our society. And there is a, is a struggle in the area of friendship. And so already back in 1936, Dale Carnegie wrote a book, How to Win Friends 
and influence people? Have you heard of Dale Carnegie? Yeah. And, and that sense of, of gaining friends and maintaining friends struck a chord, and 15 million copies of the book were sold, and, and people wanted to, to enter more fully into having and, and holding friends, good friends. What a, what a blessing. If you look in the Bible... Job had friends. They tried their best to help him. Daniel, he had three friends in exile, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Together, they stood strong in the faith. Joseph and Mary, we read, had friends in Luke 2. And they were, through the help of friends, able to go on. Jesus, with his disciples, is a picture of Friendship, instruction, but entering in in a full and sincere way. And if you read the letters of Peter and 1, 2, 3, John, as they are speaking to the church, the New Testament church in difficult times, they, they continue to say, Dear friends, let us love one another. Dear friends, let us be obedient to the faith. And that whole sense of of being together in faith as friends with one another. But it's not so simple to find and keep a good friend. It's not just automatic. It actually takes a great deal of wisdom and insight and effort and grace and love. And that's why Proverbs brings the topic forward. And it... it, brings a number of aspects to friendship that we could sum up this way. We need to be good friends in order to have good friends. That that as we set ourselves to be a good friend to those around us, then, then we receive that good friendship back. And that's a sense of Proverbs 27, verse 19, for example, where it says, as water reflects a face, so a person's heart reflects the person. And, and the sense of that is to know a person by their friends. And I wonder, you have experienced that as I have. When we went to Ontario uh, back in February, we went for my cousin's daughter. She married a, a young man named Matt. We'd never met him. And, and when we got to the wedding, there he was. Seemed like a nice fellow. At the reception, we found out that he had five friends, and the six of them had come together through high school, into college, and they had made a commitment to each other. They were be friends. They got along well to begin with, but they had that sense that, and they were all there, and this Matt was the last to marry of the six of them, so they had a big celebration. But you got the sense they were good, godly men, and they were together with him celebrating. And, and you got the sense right away, this is a great guy. See, too, his friends who stand by him. And so that is the sense of being a good friend reflected your friendship in the friendship of others. And so... Friendship is that sense of choosing, being being committed to. So that reality of friendship is 
he. There is also the reality that if you pick bad friends, their habits and attitudes can drag you down. That reality we know too. We've probably seen some of that and recognized some of that. As we were driving on our on our trip to Ontario, then we, we caught the, the radio at one point and they were talking to a senior lady who had uh, been befriended by another senior lady. So so a widow and, and she had been befriended by another widow, and this other widow who became her friend as a friend introduced her to video lottery terminals. That's what she did. And so this widow, who had no interest or anything along those lines, was drawn in by this friend, and two years later was completely broke, <coughs> lost everything. So that's not a good friend. That's not the kind of friend you have. So the sense of the friends that you have reflecting who you are and to choose friends wisely and that God's care should be part of wanting you to have positive, good, godly friends. So how do you, how do you find those friends? How does that work exactly? The Bible in Proverbs speaks very clearly about how you go about that. Proverbs uh, deals what details what it is to be a good friend. And so it says, for example, here in Proverbs 18, verse 24, a man or a person of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So the sense of, of to be committed in friendship, that reality is central. Is it wrong to have a lot of friends, to have many, many friends? Aristotle, the Greek philosopher, commented already long ago, to have many friends is to have no friends. So you need, you need to be committed to some. You see people who have hundreds of friends on Facebook, and yet they're very lonely. They have all, all these friends, but they don't really have anyone they are committed to. So that's not quantity. It's, it's committing to some key friendships. You can have general acquaintances. You can have golf buddies. But to have a few close friends. Real friendship demands a greater commitment. It takes time. It takes money. It takes effort. And Psalm 18.24 adds that friends are more loyal than family even at times, a brother, a sister. And you've heard it said, you cannot choose your family, but you can choose your friends. There's a sense of, of coming together in friendship that, that's very, very valuable. So the question again arises for us, how many committed friends do you have? More important even, who are you committed to as a friend? That you say, I am committed to you as a friend. If a friend needs help, are you there? If you're in trouble, can you call them day or night? Do you actually deny yourself 
that you give them some priority in the same way that they would make you a priority. That sense of commitment is central in friendship. And it comes back to the reality that Jesus is our friend and Jesus is committed to us. Jesus is there for you. Jesus is the best friend you have ever had. But you again need to be committed to him. That's the sense of friendship that's being expressed here. The second thing, a friend is also considerate. Proverbs 17, verse 9 says, Those who cover over an offense promote love, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. That means friends are are good at forgetting. They're not blind, but they choose to overlook things. They forgive, and they don't rub it in or spread it around. They choose to overlook your fault. The author, Albert Hubbard, he says, A friend is one who really knows you and yet still loves you. That's a friend. Normally, the faults between people drive them apart. Habits that offend, things that happen, mannerisms, different interests. But if you have a friend that is considerate, that you are considerate to them. This grows out of the biblical understanding when God calls us friends. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 7, speaking about Abraham, it says, O God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And in the New Testament, James echoes that in 2, verse 23. And the scriptures was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. And then, even Moses, Exodus thirty-three, eleven. the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Well, Abraham and Moses failed God in many places. Abraham with his wife saying she was his sister. Abraham and Sarah too, some of the struggles along the way. There were definite things that God had to forgive them for. Moses, too, with his flaws, killing the Egyptian, arguing with God, wondering about how to lead these people. And yet God is gracious. God is considerate. God forgives and continues to call them friends. So we have that sense, too. God in Jesus is considerate of us in our weakness, in our sin, in our bad habits in our weak faith, in the frustrations that we must cause God. God, in his grace, continues to be considerate of us and committed to us. So the picture of friendship grows out of God's relationship with us and flows into our relationship with others. Proverbs adds just some general attributes of a good friend. Honesty, a true friend will level with you. Proverbs 27, verse 5 and 6, better is open rebuke than hidden love. 
wounds from a friend can be trusted. It's the sense of, of sincere care from someone you know and trust. That sense of trust is highlighted in Proverbs 27, verse 9. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from their earnest counsel, a trusted counsel, that you can trust them, that they have your best interest in mind, that you can be safe with them, you can be yourself, a wonderful blessing among friends. And then that sense of encouragement, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That sense of building up as friends, seeking what's best. Many times the book of Proverbs says, avoid bad company. Real Christian friends build up, strengthen in the faith. They go on mission trips together. They play on praise teams together. They have similar faith and focus. Finally, the most important thing that we need to realize in terms of this sense of the wisdom of God in our friendships, that is John 15, verse 13, where we have the picture of Jesus who is our friend. And it says, greater friend, greater love has no one than this, and that he lay down his life for his friends. And this is the way Jesus Christ treats us. He is so committed to you that he went to the cross and died on it for your sins. He is so considerate of you that he forgives all your sins by his one sacrifice on the cross. You can add to that that he honestly enters in seeking the best for you, telling you the truth, and the truth sets you free. And that he is so encouraging, seeking to build you up through his word, through prayer, through worship, by his spirit. And he promises he will always be there for you. He will never leave you or forsake you. So who are you going to pick as your friend? Wisdom is to commit to our friendship with Jesus and let it flow into our other friendships. Your best friend should be Jesus. How do you become friends with Jesus? You ask him. You say, I want to be your friend. You make a commitment to him. You spend time with him. You make a priority, and you will find that he is the best friend that you've ever had. That reality, may it continue to work itself out in your life. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, we often want to be friends with the popular, with the powerful, with influential people. Help us to see that you as our friend brings us into fellowship with the one who truly loves us and can provide for us in every way. Help us, too, as a church, to be a place where we can build friendship through fellowship opportunities like Bible studies or ministry projects. Guide us to be wise in choosing friends who know you and can truly encourage us in our faith. We pray that you would also continue to use us to introduce you to our friends 
Help us to do the friendliest thing we can do. Introduce them to you, our best friend. Lord Jesus, we continue. Put our hope, our trust in you. In your precious name we pray. Amen.